is the last week of our new birth series, and uh, we are, hopefully you've enjoyed that, and um, it's been uh, wonderful just again, we're always, man, we live in such a world where things are in flux, things are in chaos, nobody knows anything about what's going on, nobody can be sure about anything, Uh, we're confused about what gender we are. Um, so it's good as apostolic Pentecostal people to make sure that we're grounded and solid and standing firm on the Word of God. And so this week, as we close up this series, we're going to look at uh, what we're going to call the threefold witness. And so again, in a world where it's your way and that's good and it works for you, if that's what you want to do, then that's right. And everybody's got everybody's right. Nobody's wrong. You can't tell anybody they're wrong. There's no truth. There's nothing foundational. We need to know, especially when it comes to getting to heaven, hey, are we we making it? Have we done everything that we can do to get ourselves aligned with God's word? Praise God. And the good news is is the scripture goes way out of its way to help us make sure uh, that we've aligned ourselves. So we're going to jump into uh, 1 John chapter 5, and we're going to read some verses Starting in verse 1, it says, Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. And again, this is John writing, and he's writing toward the end of the first century, around 90 AD, and he's really writing to the church. John is writing to a group of people that many of them were there in person on the day of Pentecost. Um, Or maybe some of them were even, had, had seen the crucifixion of Jesus. And so, John is is speaking to the church. He's not speaking to people that aren't saved. He's speaking to people that are saved. And so when they read, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God, they know that, hey, we've already mixed our faith and obedience together here to become children of God. And he says, and everyone who loves the Father loves his children too. Because you can't love God and hate your brother. It doesn't work. Praise God. You can try, but... You're going you're gonna to come up short a little bit. Verse 2 says, We know we love God's children if we love God and obey his commandments. Loving God means keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. Praise God. How many is glad that his yoke indeed is light? Praise God. For every, child of, so for every child of God defeats the evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Sometimes it feels like that. Sometimes, man, it feels like, hey, we're in a battle, and can we win this thing? John says, only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Praise God. Because when you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you put your life into Jesus. You put your hope into Jesus. He puts his spirit inside of you, and he gives you that power to be witnesses and that power to be overcomers. Praise God. And so John is in the middle here of really just talking about a lot about salvation, And obviously about Jesus. And he says in verse 6, And Jesus Christ was revealed as God's son by his baptism in water and by shedding his blood on the cross. And then he clarifies, he goes, Not by water only, but by water and blood. And the spirit who is truth confirms it with his testimony. And verse 7 says, We have these three witnesses, the spirit, the water, and the blood, and they all agree. Since we believe human testimony, surely we can believe the greater testimony that comes from God. And God has testified about his son. All who believe in the son of God know in their hearts that this testimony is true. Those who don't believe this are actually calling God a liar because they don't believe 
what God has testified about his son. And this is what God has testified. He has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. Whosoever has the son has life. Whoever does not have God's son does not have life. And then in verse 13, he says, he's telling us why he's writing all of this. He goes, I have written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. Anybody believe in the name of the Son of God this morning? So that you may know you have eternal life. And praise God, when you ask people, hey, are you going to heaven? Or what do you think about Jesus? You know, you can get all kinds of answers. But John is primarily concerned that the church knows that we have eternal life. Praise God. And it's, we need to know that we have eternal life because when you go out into your workplaces, when you go out into your neighborhoods, when people come to your door and you begin to dialogue with the world, you need to know, hey, I have this eternal life because it's, it's scary out there. And so what John is saying here is that just as the spirit and the water and the blood testified that Jesus was God in the flesh and truly died on the cross, we too are saved by these three, three witnesses of the spirit, the water, and the blood. And so that's what we're going to spend some time looking at this morning is, hey, you can know for sure that your salvation experience was the right salvation experience if the spirit is present if the blood was present, and if water was present. Praise God. Matthew 3, 16 and 17 says, and this is the Spirit bearing witness um, at Jesus' baptism. It says, And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water. And lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God. Everyone say the Spirit. Descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Praise God. So if you've never been baptized in full immersion, here we have Jesus coming straightway out of the water. It's hard to come straightway out of a, a cup um, being dumped on you or some water being flicked on you. It's hard to come straightway up out of that. <laughs> you can come straightway at somebody when they're flicking water at you, but not up out of it. Praise God. So this is why we baptize in full immersion. Praise God. Because we have Jesus coming straightway up out of the water. Praise God. The water and blood bore witness at his death. John 19, verses 33 through 37 says, But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they brake not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. And he that saw it bare record, and his record is true, and he knoweth that he saith true, that ye might believe. For these things were done, that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. And again, another scripture saith, they, they shall look on him who they pierced. And so blood and water was always the remedy in the Old Testament for sin. And so the key here is that water alone wasn't sufficient, and neither was blood. The blood was applied in the water for the remission of those sins. So when we go all the way back to the very beginning, Genesis 1-2, it says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the of the water. So at the very beginning, we've got the Spirit of God and we've got water. And then a couple verses later, we know the story of Adam and Eve, and they try to do their own thing, and they try to cover up their own way. And in verse uh, 21 of chapter 3, it says, And the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. And so here we have the blood, blood of dead animals. Praise God. And thank God for his covering. We can't cover ourselves. We need his covering, praise God. 
So in the days of Noah, God used water to judge the earth and to create a new beginning for Noah and his family without the influence of that ungodly generation. And Peter tells us this in 1 Peter 3, verses 20 and 21. It says, which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Praise God. Is anybody glad that they've been saved by water? And we know that because of verse 21. It says, in the like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not just, you know, it says, not the putting away of a filthy flesh, not just taking a shower or a nice bath. We're not, you know, getting a bubble bath going back here to get you clean. But it's the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Praise God. It's our faith and obedience mixed together. Then we see the water being turned into blood as judgment on the, Egypt, on the Egyptians or in Egypt during Moses' day. It says in Exodus chapter 7, verse 17, it says, Thus saith the Lord, And this thou shalt know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will smite with a rod that is in mine hand upon the waters which are in the river, and they shall be turned to blood. And the fish that is in the river shall die, and the river shall stink, and the Egyptians shall loathe to drink of the water of the river. And so when God turned the water into blood, death ensued. And really what that was symbolizing was judgment. God was bringing judgment to the Egyptians. Because you know your history, the Egyptians had gods for everything. They had gods for the Nile, gods for this, gods for the frogs, gods for just about everything you could think of. And so when God was doing those plagues, he was bringing judgment upon all those so-called gods of the Egyptians. Then God did a miracle through Moses by following the Israelites to pass through the Red Sea. And so red here, again, the Red Sea, a red, a type of the sacrificial animals that would soon offer at the giving of the law. But ultimately, we know that all of those sacrifices that they did every day and yearly only pointed to Jesus. Praise God. Which resulted in our right standing with him. Is anybody thankful that we have a right standing with Jesus? That it wasn't something that, hey, that I had to do completely, but hey, he went to the cross for me that I didn't have to go for myself. Praise God. You don't want me dying for you. (laughs) I'm not worthy, and I don't want you dying for me, because you're not worthy. But one that was worthy, he did die, praise God, and we can, we can be glad about that. So when they passed through the Red Sea, their past was buried. And if you read that scriptures in, the, in Genesis, it says, not one of them remained. And that's just a symbol of, hey, when you go down in the waters of baptism, when you've repented of your sins... Literally not one of those sins now remains. Praise God. If you've ever sat through one of pastor's Bible studies or one of the Bible studies, you know that God did a kind of a twofold miracle there. Because the Egyptians had a thing where the servants could go, but their sons could then come back and take those servants back. So dad let the servants go. But when that army came through and was crushed by those waves, it Hey, it took not only their present, but it took care of everything that could future come back and try to take them. Praise God. So when you go under the waters of baptism, hey, you get covered not only for, hey, this is your sins in the past, but God makes a way that says, hey, I'm not even taking care of right now, but hey, I'm making a way for in the future when you mess up. Praise God. So then we've got Colossians 2.12 from the New Testament, which says, buried with him in baptism. So it's a bloody burial. Wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. Praise God. 
And then going back to the Old Testament, uh, in Exodus chapter 15, we have the story um, when the uh, children of Israel were going through the wilderness, uh, Mara, and they came to the, uh, the waters of Mara, and they were thirsty, and they began to, Moses were thirsty, Moses were complaining, and in verse 15, in, in, uh, or chapter 15, verses 23 through 25, says, when they came to the oasis of Mara, the water was too bitter to drink. So they called the place Mara, which literally means bitter. And the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink, they demanded. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help. And the Lord showed him a piece of wood. Moses took that piece of wood and threw it into the water. And this made the water good to drink. Praise God. And this is a type and shadow that, hey, our sin is bitter. Praise God. When we're sinning, it brings bitterness into our life. How many can ever testify that something you did out in the world caused your life to be bitter? Praise God. It left a bitterness in your life, maybe for a season. Uh, Maybe it left bitterness in somebody else's life for a season. Praise God. But sin just brings that bitterness. But thank God that the Bible says, hey, taste and see that the Lord is good. And so when Moses took that tree and he cast it into into the water, the remedy for that bitterness, the, the remedy for that sin was a tree. Praise God. Cast into that water. And thank God for that bloody tree, that bloody tree of Calvary that our Savior hung upon. That when we cast that tree into the, the waters of baptism, we get the water and the blood mixed together for the forgiveness of our sins. Praise God. And so again, it's that water is mixed with blood in baptism where we get that new beginning. Praise God. The Old Testament covenant was put into motion by the application of water and blood. Hebrews 19, or 9, 18, and 20 says, 18 through 20 says, that is why even the first covenant was put into effect with the blood of an animal. For after Moses had read each of God's commands to all the people, he took the blood of calves and of goats along with water and sprinkled both the book of God's law and all the people using hyssop branches and scarlet wool. Then he said, this blood confirms the covenant God has made with you. Praise God. The ceremony for the cleansing of the leopard also included blood and water. In Leviticus Chapter 14 and verse 49, it says, To purify the house, the priest must take two birds, a stick of cedar, scarlet yarn, and hyssop branch. He will slaughter one of the birds over a clay pot filled with fresh water. And he will take the cedar stick, the hyssop branch, the scarlet yarn, and the live bird, and dip them into the blood of the slaughtered bird into the fresh water. Does anybody want to institute that again? Sounds like a lot of fun. And he will sprinkle the house seven times. When the priest has purified the house exactly this way. Everybody say exactly this way. There's an exact way to do things, and then there's everything else. Verse 53 says, he will release the live bird in the open fields outside of the town. And he says, through this process, the priest will purify the house, and it will be ceremonial clean. Praise God. When you go down into the waters of baptism, you purify your house. Praise God. That was a type and shadow of things to come. Praise God. I'm so glad that we're not under the Old Testament anymore. Praise anybody glad that we read through Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and all of these things that the priests had to do day in and day out. Praise God. I'm so glad that we're not there anymore. We're under a, a better covenant. Praise God. God still turns the water into blood, but it's no longer for judgment. It's for mercy. What was once a symbol of death is now a symbol of life. Praise God. Just as by one man's sin, death entered the world, by one man, Jesus Christ, came life. Praise God. 
And just by the, as the tree of knowledge of good and evil brought death to Adam and Eve, one tree, the tree of life that Jesus hung on, brought, brought life to many. Praise God. Praise God. You can throw a tree into your bitter waters today. If you've never been baptized, if you've never gone down in the name of Jesus Christ into the waters of baptism for the remission of your sins, hey, today is your day. Don't leave today without making your calling and election sure. Praise God. Romans 6, 3 and 4 says, Know ye not that so many of us, us, were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. Baptism in Jesus' name is where we get the work of the crucifixion, praise God. His blood is mixed with our faith in the waters of baptism, praise God. So good to know that, hey, we can be sure that we don't have to wonder. We don't have to dialogue with people. We don't have to get into conversation with people and wonder, hey, am I saved? Have I done exactly what I need to do? If the Spirit was present if blood was present and if water was present, you can be sure on those three witnesses that you have the right salvation experience. Praise God. And if you, maybe you're listening to here, you're listening online, you're like, hey, the spirit wasn't present or hasn't been present in my life. Or, hey, I, the water hasn't been mixed with blood in the waters of baptism yet. By immersion. There's a lot of ways that you can get baptized out there. They'll invent a way for you if you want to, if you want it. If you want it, just to make you feel good about yourself. But there's a right way and there's a wrong way, praise God. And I'm so thankful that, hey, we go to a church that preaches the, the truth that's found in the word of God. Praise God. Let's stand and let's just thank God. Hey, if you've been washed, praise God. If you've been sanctified, if you've had God's spirit inside of you, man, that's something to shout about this morning. Praise God. We always have something to thank God about. Praise God. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that... The spirit and the water and the blood were present, God, in our conversion experience, God, our salvation process, Lord. We thank you today, God. We thank you, Lord, for the work that you did on Calvary, Lord. Uh, we thank you, Lord, that that Old Testament, Lord, that all the things that they did in the Old Testament, Lord, just pointed to you, God, going to that old rugged cross, Jesus. We thank you today for that, God. Praise God. Let's worship with the worship team. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord.